Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. On today's show, we'll talk a little bit about the state of the Giants as they've won four in their last five games. And we will also have a special guest for you a little bit later on as John Schmelk of Giants.com joins us to uh, talk Giants football. First, I did want to talk a little bit about the uh, about the Giants. Winners of four out of their last five games have a big test coming up this weekend against the Tennessee Titans. Lots of good things have happened for the Giants recently. You know, they found a way to play better offensive football. They've found a bit of a philosophy. They're having a lot of fun. They're they're leaning on Saquon Barkley quite a bit, you know, in both the run game and the pass game, and and finding out you know some things about how to play football and how to play winning football with the personnel that they have. The refrain that you continue to hear though is, but they're doing it against bad quarterbacks. They're doing it against backups. They haven't beaten in this stretch any starting quarterbacks they took advantage of a weak Washington team even the uh, even the Chicago Bears game you know the Bears are obviously a good team you know but they were being quarterbacked in that particular game by backup Chase Daniel so I think what we're going to see over the next few weeks the Giants have the Tennessee Titans with starting quarterback Marcus Mariota Mariota is not one of the league's elite quarterbacks but he is the starter for the Titans. He does, you know, bring some mobility and some, you know, some playmaking capability to the table. The Titans come in to MetLife Stadium at 7 and 6 and, you know, in the playoff hunt in the AFC. So this will be a good challenge for the Giants. Following that, the Giants will face Andrew Luck and the Indianapolis Colts on the road. We'll learn a whole lot about the Giants' defense, you know, in a game against a top-flight quarterback, you know, like Luck. And we will also, when we get to to Week 17, the Giants will play the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. You know, who knows at this point if the Cowboys will have something to play for at that point, or if they'll already have the division wrapped up. If indeed they do have something to play for, and Prescott plays the entire game. That will be another big test for the Giants. But anyway, you slice it. It's a whole lot more fun. It's a whole lot more positive to talk about the Giants, you know, at this point, you know, than it was a few weeks ago when they were one and seven, you know, and appeared to just be playing out the string of uh, of another, you know, pretty much lost season. As I wrote at Big Blue View, at least now I think they're showing us a path that could be sustainable for the future and uh, you know we'll see how that goes but they are showing us you know some signs you know that they're figuring things out they seem to be putting some pieces in place that could help them into next season and uh, you know we'll see how that all how that all unfolds right now I'd like to switch gears and play for you the interview that I did earlier with John Schmelk of Giants.com. 
All right, we're joined now by John Schmelk of Giants.com to uh, talk about the Giants' latest victory and where the Giants stand as the as the season rolls along. John, how you doing today? Hey, what's going on? Good to talk to you. Hey, thanks a lot for for taking a few minutes. Really do uh, really do appreciate it. You know, the folks get tired of just listening to me talk. <laughs> Trust me, my wife gets tired of hearing me talk too. I don't worry about it. Oh man, you know today happens to be my wife's birthday, so I'm just crossing my fingers that I don't screw this up. That's what it's all about. <laughs> hey, so let's let's talk uh, let's talk about the Giants for a few minutes here. The place I want to start is talking about something that I wrote about today at Big Blue View. And you know, we've seen the Giants win 4 out of 5. We've seen them score more than 30 points a game, you know, in that stretch. Uh, you know, but the question really is, isn't even about this year. It's about whether or not this is sustainable. And and do you do you look at the way the Giants are playing and, and the personnel that they have and think that what they're doing is sustainable into next season? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Um, I think the biggest factor here, Ed, in this four-game winning streak are the takeaways. Uh, they've gone from negative four when they were one and seven to plus five now. That's plus nine. Uh, over the course of their last five games. So that's something that's not sustainable. You're not going to go, you know, plus 27 in a season. Uh, the Giants don't have the type of personnel um, on defense to sustain that type of rate. And so why have they done that? They've done it because, frankly, a lot of it is the opponents that they're playing. They faced a bunch of backup quarterbacks that put the ball in danger. So that part of it is not sustainable, and I think that has contributed a lot to the amount of points they've scored. They've had three defensive scores, I think, and they've had another couple which have set the Giants up inside the opponent's red zone. So that's four or five touchdowns right there that are not even the product of the offense. So that, no, not sustainable. But the part that is sustainable, I think, is how the Giants are playing on offense. And it's, it, might not be, it might not be the ideal way to play. I think the best way you can play in this league is, is to you know, spread people out, throw the ball, run the ball consistently out of the spread and go about your business that way. But the Giants right now, the way they're um, put together with their talent on offense and their personnel, they can't win that way. The minute the Giants have to throw the ball 40 times a game, you get into a danger zone. Because as as improved as this offensive line is, they're still not set up to pass protect on five to seven step drops. So how the Giants been able to avoid doing that? It's simple. They've run the ball more successfully and that credit goes to the offensive line first and foremost, who are run blocking a lot better. We had games earlier in the year where Saquon Barkley had more yards after contact than he had yards. Well, in his two long runs, he didn't get touched on one that went for a touchdown 70 yards. The other one, he didn't get touched until he went 20 or so yards down the field. So the offensive line is blocking a lot better. Barkley's running with a lot more decisiveness, running more like an Emmett Smith than a Barry Sanders, for example. But he still has the explosiveness. And that's allowing them to get into a lot more third and manageable. They're running play action. Uh, they're not in shotgun nearly as much. They're under center more. They're not doing those straight dropbacks. And I think that is a sustainable way to play uh, with a fullback, two tight ends, more than you are with three wide receivers. You can play that way. You can win that way. Again, is it the ideal way to play? No. But the way the Giants are set up around their personnel, that's how they have to play if they want to win football games. You know, the other thing that I looked at was the fact that this sort of is what we saw from the Giants if you go back to 2013 where they get off to that 0-6 start, you know, and then I think 
won seven out of ten, finished seven and nine. You know, there's some similarities here. And I, I went back and looked at the personnel, and the one thing that makes me a little bit more optimistic, I think, is when I looked at that 2013 team, it was it was Entrell Roll and it was Justin Tuck and it was Brandon Jacobs and Peyton Hillis and a lot of guys who were toward the end of their careers. I mean, w- would you agree that that when I look at this team, there are at least some younger building blocks that that would give you some cause for optimism? Yes, especially offensively. Um, I think offensively, you have aside from maybe adding a right tackle, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do at right guard, and then obviously quarterback long term, you got to figure out. I mean, this is pretty much what they're going to be next year, right? I mean, you, you might add some depth in wide receiver, maybe a third wide receiver, something like that. But otherwise, this is kind of what they're going to be. Now, defense, I think, is another question because I think there could be substantial changes at on defense still uh, moving forward. Uh, you don't know with Olivier Vernon's contract. You don't know with Janoris Jenkins' contract. Landon Collins is a free agent. Now he has a shoulder injury. Um, is Curtis Riley the answer of free safety? Um, aside from Grant Haley um, at corner, who's really signed long-term to play corner for this team. Uh, linebacker, I mean, is, is B.J. Goodson a starter? I don't know, maybe. You know, Olivier Vernon, is he going to be back as a pass rusher with this contract? You know, how how many steps forward can Lorenzo Carter take? I think you like your defensive line with B.J. Hill. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson, R.J. McIntosh has played pretty well since he's gotten going a little bit. And even Josh Morrow, I think, who's a young veteran, has actually played pretty well in the time he's been in the game. So I think on the defensive line, you're okay. You know, it's interesting because you kind of... The ent- front office are going to have to come up with in the offseason. Yeah, you kind of entered the, uh, the, the season thinking that if things went the way that, that you hoped they would go, that they would be all right offensively, that there was a path offensively. But for me anyway... You know, the defense was still a question mark. And as you indicated, I think we're going to end the 2018 season kind of feeling the same way, where there's pretty much, you know, where there's question marks still at every level of that defense. Yeah, Ed, you're 100% right. And I, I made this point a few weeks ago, too, on, on Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com. And it's come full circle. This team has become become the team that you thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, where their offense would put points up, but you weren't sure if the defense would do enough to win games. And I think while this offense still maybe isn't quite as explosive as you would have hoped, because the offensive line isn't still quite where you want it to be, but it is a lot better, um, the defense, I think, right now is your big question moving forward. What do you do with the veterans that are making a lot of money? And then can these young guys come along and become big players? And and I do think that's the question moving forward. And, you know, these next three games are going to tell you a lot. You know, Marcus Mariota, he's okay. You know, he's an average quarterback. But Andrew Luck in Indianapolis is going to be a huge test for this defense. And then we'll see if the Cowboys are playing for anything in the final week. But I think that Andrew Luck game against the Colts will really kind of tell you where this defense is. Because, you know, the Titans aren't an explosive offense. They want to run the ball. You know, again, Dallas, they want to run the ball. You don't know if they're going to be playing for anything. So I think that Colt game will be a real good guide in telling you exactly where the defense is. Are they really getting better with all these takeaways? Or has it really been a product of the teams and the quarterbacks they've been facing the last five weeks? You know, you're probably right. It's probably a little bit of both. But when you we talk about this defense and you spin forward and, and so many people are already in draft mode, 
and, and you know, at some at some point we have to talk about the quarterback, but I see this draft coming up in the offseason in its entirety as one that just has to be heavy on adding talent on the defensive side of the ball. You you agree? I do. I think the one thing you have to find, and I think you can figure out right guard, whether that's, whether that's Jamon Brown, and I don't think he's playing as well the last few weeks as he did the first couple weeks here. Um, I do think you have to find a right tackle. Um, whether it's in free agency, you know, Darrell Williams is a former Gettleman draft pick. Uh, he's going to be a free agent from Carolina this year. Where you go pick one in the draft, one or the other, I think you have to find the right tackle to kind of get this offensive line where you need it to be. Maybe look at maybe center, but I don't think that's quite of a priority, given police played fairly well at uh, Halapio will come back. So I think those are two legitimate options. But I don't think you can come back with, right, with, with Chad Wheeler as your starting right tackle next year. Otherwise, I'm with you. I mean, I think pass rush has to be your number one priority. And frankly, it's a good priority to have in this draft. There's going to be a ton of pass rushers out there. So, you know, one thing that's that's not a good priority to have when you enter this draft is quarterback. It's nothing like the 2018 draft class, and yet there's so much focus on the fact that Eli Manning is 37. You know, a few weeks ago, the drumbeat was there's no way that the Giants can can come back in 2019 with Eli as the quarterback considering the way that they've played and sort of the formula that they've found, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. We don't know if Eli might retire at the end of this season. We, you know, we don't know anything for sure, but I think there, there's, there's a way to justify if they continue to play this way on offense, there's a way to justify going into 2019 with him. You know, although you have to recognize if, if they can find a quarterback, you know, I look at it like like day two, again, might be a sweet spot to pick a quarterback, you know, if they do that in the 2019 draft. You kind of feel the same way that, that maybe they can they can do that or kick the quarterback question down the road for another year? And here's the thing. You're 100% right. Um, it doesn't matter how good Saquon Barkley is, and he is wonderful. I don't have a bad thing to say about the kid. The most important thing that Gettleman is going to do is transition away from Eli Manning. Now, does that have to happen this offseason? No, it doesn't. Manning's under contract for one more year. Um, you can get out of that contract without taking too much dead money on your cap. That's great. But if there's not a better option out there, why eat that money if you don't have to? Um, who could be a stock that guy? Teddy Bridgewater, maybe. But I feel like the Saints, after trading a three for him, are going to want to keep him around. So uh, do you want to, and how much you get to pay him? Then you get to the draft. You know, the, the the two guys that would be worth their first-round pick, Herbert out of Oregon and Haskins out of Ohio State. I have not watched either guy closely enough to know whether or not I put them in the same classes, you know, a Darnold, a, a Mayfield, a Rosen, guys like that. So I, I won't go there yet. I'll watch them once the season's over and, and we uh, get to the senior bowl. But the Giants have to decide whether or not they love those guys to trade up to get them because they're not going to fall. Uh, to where the Giants are going to likely be picking. So you had to like one of those guys enough. Remember, they don't even have their third-round pick this year. Are you willing to trade a two and one uh, in your next two drafts when you have all these other needs to move up to pick a quarterback? I don't know if that's smart, unless you really love one of these two kids. And I think both these guys, quite frankly, Ed, have a lot of developing to do. Haskins has only started one year, and Herbert, who I 
still not sure he's going to come out, despite what Gil Brandt said the other day, where he would bet heavily that he would. Um, you know, I think he has a lot of work to do, too. So I don't think I would go and, and trade away the house in terms of draft picks to pick one of those two guys, unless Dave Gettleman's completely sold on one of them. If that's the case, you go and get your quarterback, and whatever you trade for one, it's worth it. Um, but I, that's the thing. And that's why I don't think you have to be all in this year on a quarterback. If you bring Eli Banning back next year, that's fine. I still think no matter what happens this offseason, next year's still a transition year. Next year's not a go forward, we're going to win 13 games, win the division, and go to a Super Bowl type of year. Obviously, you try to win as many games as you, want, as you can, but I still don't think this franchise is in the position where it's you know all out, we have the talent here to be a Super Bowl contender next season. Um, I'm not sure they're there quite yet. No, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, two things that, that I'll toss out that you can comment on. The first one is if you look at it as a transition year, why, you know, you look at the progress you've made offensively. If you're going to go with a, a transitional veteran or a placeholder veteran, you know, my, my first thought is why not continue with the one you're currently having you know, some success with. And the second part of that is, yeah, the second part of that is it took the Giants, you know, five, six years of personnel mistakes. And I, I think that maybe the impression people had that they could fix all of that in one year was overly optimistic. It's going to, you know, in my view, it's going to take some time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, look, all refrain this year, and I think I had the Giants finishing, I think, with nine wins this year, and that was me being optimistic. I thought that was almost, you know, like higher watermark that Jeff Beagles said on our show that, you know, if they finished 500, he thought that would be a success. Yeah, I think people have the idea that you can, you know, make up for, like you said, years of mistakes in one offseason. It's simply not the case. This team right now, with Beckham and Landon Collins not playing last week, had 14 players from last year's roster active in that game last week. I mean, that's really, really tough. That's, I mean, that's, there's, there's still a lot of work to do, um, and we'll see if, you know, I think the Giants believe, and they have the right people here to do it. Dave Gettleman's been in this business a long time. He knows what he's doing. Um, Pat Shermer's been in this business a long time. He knows what he's doing. And they think they have the right people in place to do it. They've only been here one year. And people that are making any sort of judgment call, and I see a lot of these people out there on Twitter, you know, kind of like these, like, you know, fake media fan accounts or where they you know, they want to fire Dave Gellman and fire Pat Sherman after one year. It, it, it killed the Mariners to have to let go of Ben McAdoo after just two years. Guys, this is the group that's going to try to turn this around, and they're going to be given a few years to do it. So I think fans have, fans have to understand that they're going to have to exercise some patience here moving forward. It does. Last thing for you, John, it does feel like, and I think you're right, these guys are going to be given some time. It does, to me... You know whether it's whether they whether the Giants finish six and ten this year or however they finish, it does feel to me as like as though the Giants are are in a better place than they were a year ago, and that that they are at least you know sort of laying a foundation, you know, for something that 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 can give you some hope that the future is going to be a little bit better. Hey, look, this year and a big part of it was, was was clearing out the poison, you know, throwing the garbage out. And, you know, trying to figure out who you're, who you're with moving forward. And that, that, that's not to indicate a guy like, you know, Damon Snacks Harrison, who was a, a really good player for a long time. That, you know, that's a financial decision. You get that. 
But, look, there were a lot of issues here last year, and they had to clean house a little bit. They've cleaned house. 16 guys, and if you count the 200 guys last week, 14 guys left from last year's roster. That is the definition of an overhaul. They overhauled this team, and it's going to take a long time to build it back up. And the guys he overhauled it with, by the way, it's not like they're a bunch of, like, you know, high-priced free agents. They're a bunch of guys that they pulled off the streets, pulled off the waivers, and they've filled in, and they've done a good job. But, you know, you, you don't build a Super Bowl team that way either. You build through the draft. The team will have to make their picks, get the guys here, and build it up. And that's how this is going to go. You're not going to buy your way out of this in free agency. It's a part of it, obviously. But you're going to have to draft your way back into this thing, and it's going to take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. And I think Giant fans have to understand that this was year one of a process. And next year, I think you probably – make some other tough decisions on other players. We'll see what they decide to do. And then you finally get the guys in this building that you want to build the culture that Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman are looking for. And once you finish that process this offseason, you begin to build next year. And let's say you finish, what, 6-10, 7-9 this year? Maybe you can get to 9-7 and seven next year. Maybe if everything goes really well, you can get to 10-6 and six next year. You can challenge for a division. That's possible. But you're still building, and you're still transitioning into the new regime and building this roster the way you want. One thing we know, Ed, Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer both have a vision for how they want to play football. I don't personally don't think they have the necessary players here to play that way yet. And I'll throw James Betcher as the defensive coordinator in there yet. I don't think they have the players to play they want to play, play the way they want to play yet. You hope next year... You might not get there all the way, and odds are you're not going to get there all the way, but you're going to get closer. And you try to get closer and closer every year until you have a team that can compete for a title, and that's what they're trying to do. Don, as much as I would agree with all of that, man, you're you're, you're asking Twitter and, and the Giants fan base, you're asking for patience? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's the bad thing. Like the last five years, and look, I'm not breaking any news here. I think the Mariners would say the same thing. The last five years have been so difficult and so brutal to continue to preach more patience is tough. I get it. I understand that. But it's the only way to do it if you want to sustain wins and sustain success. Go ask the Knicks. You know, on the side, I have fun. I cover the Knicks with people that follow me on Twitter. They got to deal with my Knicks tweets, and I apologize to my Giants fans for that. But the Knicks have been trying to do the quick fix for 18 years, and they wind up in the same place they always do, at the bottom. And they're finally, it looks like now, starting to try to do things the right way with a slow, patient approach. It's the only way to do it. They tried the quick fix in 2017, or rather 2016. It worked for a year. Then what did 2017 look like? You have to be patient. John, hey, I appreciate your taking a few minutes, and uh, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll see you at least out at, uh, out at MetLife this Sunday for Giants-Titans. All right. Take care. All right, Giants fans, that wraps up our show for today. Thanks to John Schmelk of Giants.com for spending some time with us. Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. We're here four days a week, two shows done by yours truly and two shows done by Chris Flum and Dan Pizzuta. Please make sure you check out all of those. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. 
It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>